What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Sam's Report. Today is December 1st, last month of the year. <laughs> last month of the year. Uh, I can't believe 2017 is almost over, which means 2018 is almost here, and which means that uh, good stuff on the horizon. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff we're still kind of waiting for. We're waiting for ARM stuff from Microsoft. Uh, Apple is supposed to release an iMac Pro or whatever the hell they're calling it. Um, a HomePod, which they've done out delayed. And um, so even though the year is coming to the end, there is still technology on the horizon. Uh, speaking of technology and stuff, I am headed to Hawaii next week. I know it's, it's a very, actually, specifically Maui. I've never been. Um, it's a very, very tough assignment. And, it, you know, I, I didn't want to go and they the twist me. I'm just kidding. But uh, next week, Qualcomm is hosting an event in Maui. And, yeah, next week... They're having an event in Maui. It starts, I believe, on Tuesday. And there's going to be a lot of people there. Um, a lot of industry people, I mean. I mean, I think some Microsoft people are going to be there. I think there's some Google people going to be there. There's going to be a lot of good stuff. And so I am going to that because, well, we all know ARM is a very big deal right now. It's a very big deal to not only Microsoft. It's a very big deal in the industry as a whole. And so what better way to uh to get the you know get the info right from the source be able to ask questions i have no idea if we're going to learn anything about windows on arm i have no idea they you know they like to keep surprises and so they said hey do you want to come to this event we said why not um everybody's asking about arm and so i'm you know crossing my fingers i mean i think we can speculate and say hey the next gen snapdragon chips are probably going to be shown off uh 5g stuff will obviously be shown off i don't know if we're going to see anything with my windows on arm i have no idea but uh I'm I'm excited. I, I, I'm hoping that we're going to learn more. At least, if nothing else, those are the people that we can ask questions to, provided they're actually willing to answer. Remember, they could just say, ah, we can't comment on that yet. But remember, they all said at one point that this stuff is coming in Q4 of 2017, and Q4 of 2017 is almost done. We're in the last month of it, last third. And uh, let's just, let's hope, right? I'm, I'm really excited about this. Uh, other things I'm really excited about. So I had some struggles this week and you guys know this if you follow me on Twitter, but uh, just a little shout out. I finally got it figured out. Uh, I am back on the AMD Threadripper machine. I am very excited about this. I, so I got the machine back from iBuyPower, who actually is the one that assembled it. And to me, they've been pretty good uh, helping me out and helping me through this. I'll, I'll give them some help. Um, and they tried to help me troubleshoot it. So I got the machine. It was running just fine. Got it up and running. Used it for like 12 hours. Went to bed. Came back the next morning. It was dead. Just would not turn on. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, this is the second machine they've sent me. And I've killed it. And I'm like, thinking at some point, you're like, you know, one-off machine dies every once in a while. We're like, okay, the first one or whatever. And then the second one comes and I kill it. I kill it. It's like, oh, no. Uh, and so I email them, I'm like, all right, what? and then they're like, maybe pop out the Ram. And so I, I, I got all the Ram out, um, and I was doing everything I could think of and I could not get this thing to boot. So it, it this one at least turned on, uh, unlike the last one that just, I think fried the motherboard. And so it would turn on, but there was no video out and the red VGA light was on. I tried everything. The graphics card, which is a 1080 TI. Uh, I put it in my other machine, worked fine. Took my 980 TI, put it in there, worked like it didn't work in there. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so this thing is going on and um, long story short, I flashed the BIOS. This, this motherboard has a neat little, neat little thing where you can download a BIOS and using one specific USB thing. Yeah, the stream might be dropping. I just got a warning from 
uh, let me see if I can f screw with this. It said, uh, da -da -da -da. let me try lowering the bitrate a little bit and see if that frees up some bandwidth. Um, hope hopefully that will fix the stream. I got a warning from, um, whatever, from uh, this thing and it said, hey, you're dropping frame rate, so I'll drop the bitrate a little bit. I had it jacked up pretty high. We'll see if that changes anything. Whoops. Um, uh, but anyways, long story short here, folks, there is a USB slot on the back that says BIOS next to it. And what you can do is you can load on, why does it keep saying I'm dropping frames? This is pretty low. Hmm. We're going to lower this quite a bit then. Du, 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 du. All right. Hopefully, hopefully that will do it. I, I have a really good upload <laughs> speed right now, uh, which is why I'm pretty concerned why that's happening. So, uh, du, 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 du. if it keeps screwing up, I don't know. Uh, but anyways, so I flashed the BIOS, and once I flashed it, I, I put the latest version on there. It it, uh, it, it worked. Um, it's now working. It's working nonstop. The only thing that's not in here that has me somewhat concerned is that we use HDMI capture cards for another podcast. And that card is very finicky. And so I'm wondering if that card had something to do with it. I'm not really sure. It's not in there right now. It's working fine. So if I put that other card in there and it kills it, which let's hope not, um, then, yeah. <laughs> then uh, I don't know what we're going to do. That's going to be interesting but anyway so i'm back on the amd machine i'm really pumped hopefully this one remains stable it's it's rocking actually it's pretty cool like literally cool um right now while streaming putting about 41c out that's celsius i know i typically use freedom units but it's a lot easier to monitor temps uh in celsius with this stuff because the half the, more than half the world uses it so there's better benchmarking and uh i'll talk a little bit more about that later once i get kind of cut up and running but so far so far so good i've got a lot of fans pumping in there and uh yeah so uh anyways running on that machine other things this week uh if you guys haven't tried out firefox definitely give it a go definitely give it a go i i'm now rocking firefox all the time it it's great um it, there's really not a lot to, bad to say about it other than uh it grammarly as my favorite plugin uh <laughs> doesn't work all that well so i'm waiting for them but otherwise firefox is great they've done a wonderful job They've, done, they've just done a wonderful job. I mean, it's a good, quick browser. It looks nice. It's clean, excellent text rendering. And this is obviously a very bad sign for Microsoft Edge. Uh, <laughs> this is a, this is not good for Edge. The reason why I say that is because previously Chrome, Chrome was like the benchmark. It's still the benchmark. I, I'm not saying it's not. Chrome is still a fine browser. But if you didn't want to use Chrome, then you kind of just like, ah, you know what? I'll give Edge a try because Edge is whatever. But now Firefox is basically does everything that Edge does but better and has every like context menu you'll ever see everything just kind of works it has all the plugins and all that stuff you don't have to worry too much and so i i wonder if this is going to kind of be a bad thing for edge but it's a good thing for the user i'm not worried about edge long term because microsoft is going to shoehorn this thing into every given way possible into the os and they're going to force you to use it with things like sets uh, which we'll talk about here in a minute and uh, it's not going to go away they're going to get great usage stats out of it but i don't think there's going to be like heavy users that people use as their primary browser and i know there are people that use it as their primary it's a fine browser there's nothing wrong with it but it's kind of like um you have three really nice cars and edge is just the lowest trim level 
if you want to call it that, right? It's the BMW 3 Series and uh, whatever, Chrome and Firefox or the BMW 5 Series is kind of a way to look at it. BMW 3 Series, great car. I actually want to buy one at some point. I'm a little specific. I'd love to buy an M3. But um, anyways, so give Edge or give Edge. Well, you should give Edge a try to. But, but uh, try out Firefox. But anyway, speaking of Edge, it is now available for Android and iOS. You can go grab that. It's available. You no longer need to be any sort of preview program. And uh, other things Microsoft announced this week, 600 million users or active users, monthly active users of Windows 10. That is up quite a bit, actually, since the last number, which was 500 million. So we're doing 100 million new active users of Windows 10 PCs in the last six months. So uh, rough back of the math here, we're looking at 16.7 million new active Windows 10 PCs per month during the last six months. That's that's pretty good. Uh, is it exceptional? Is it bad? It's definitely not bad. I, that it's bad would be not a fair uh, critique of that number. It's a good number, 16.7 million ongoing. Now that number is obviously going to slow down because there's less people adopting and all that good stuff. But uh, 16.7. That's that's at this point over two years into the life cycle of the OS. Yeah, I mean, good job Microsoft. At least uh, people are moving. I'd be curious. What I really want to know is are those enterprise users right I, I can't imagine well i mean some of them are going to be consumers because anybody who buys a new pc that didn't previously have it is a new active user uh, but i'm curious to see how it's doing in enterprise we're still a little over two years away from the end of windows 7 so there's plenty of time but not a lot of time at the end of the day i mean if you're migrating a hundred thousand machines or fifty thousand machines um you need time and two years is probably a good window for that if you had less than a year then i'd be really concerned but yeah, so 16.7. I'm curious how everybody else feels about that. I really am, because I think it's a good number. I, I, I personally do. Uh, so let's let's dive into Redstone 4 here. Microsoft hasn't come out and formally said, hey, uh, here's all the features of Redstone 4. But they're starting to leak out. They're starting to leak out, and they're starting to be just told. Microsoft is kind of going into it. So the first thing we're going to jump into here is something that Raphael uncovered, and I'll show it here. It's the new game bar. Really, it's the game bar that's been updated with Fluent Design. And so if you look at the current game bar, then you look at this, and then you look at the current game bar, you're kind of like, that's kind of ugly. And so here, this is what it's going to look like in Redstone 4. I think it it's a good design. Microsoft's doing a lot of good stuff with Fluent. And so we've got that going on. Um, other things that are coming that were uncovered is this new search. If you're familiar with OS X or Mac OS and well, if you're familiar with Mac OS and you're running it, make sure you've updated because you can log in by typing just root and then just tapping login a couple times. Yikes. Um, but anyways, this is a, a very Mac looking search bar. If you're familiar with that, I think it's what the Mac key plus space bar on Mac OS. And it brings up this nice search prompt in the middle of the screen. It's nice and elegant. And this is what's coming to Redstone 4. I'm actually really excited about this. The thing I did, I hope is that they just improve search because search is pretty garbage right now in Windows 10. For example, if you searching for OneNote on my machine, if I type OneNote properly, just OneNote, I get two search results. I get the OneNote uh, UWP app and the OneNote desktop app, which I need to keep forgetting to uninstall. And then if I type O E N note, you know, just uh, swap the N and the E, misspell it, the desktop app comes up in the search results, but not the modern app. And it's it's just not a good look. Um, other things that have been uncovered in Redstone 4, uh, Mahidi wrote this up 
this is a new feature for the Photos app, but this one's actually pretty nice. I'm actually pretty excited about this, and I hope that it works as well as this looks. Uh, basically, it's going to make the streamlining of transferring photos from your phone to your PC a hell of a lot easier. Currently, right now, you, you got to use OneDrive um, or like an app like Google Photos, which uploads it to the web, and then you got to download it. And so if this is a simple way to do that. That's actually a pretty nice feature and I'm, I'm really hoping that's what it is because I transfer photos between my PC and my phone all the time and it's a pain in the ass so here's to hoping that this feature is coming soon and not just something that they're mocking up uh, but anyways so that is coming as well and so as I alluded to earlier Microsoft uh, is coming out with this thing called sets s-e-t-s and basically what this does is it brings tabs to just about anything uh, into the modern apps I, I gotta double check on um like x86 apps and how all that works out they it's not out for everybody yet and that's another tension point with microsoft right now but basically it allows you to open tabs the demo they showed was a girl working on a powerpoint or word doc and she was searching for like volcanoes and so then she could have one set as they call it that has a tab of the powerpoint and then a tab of the volcano stuff and it keeps everything neat and organized um stardock has another thing that they it's in beta right now called groupie that allows you to put tabs on literally everything in windows 10 and so i'm curious to see if sets is going to be better than groupie or if groupie is going to be better than sets but um it, this is something that has been needed inside of windows for a long time i don't know why they don't have tabs on everything tabbed uh file explorer is basically one of my top requests since i don't know windows 7 at this point and it's never arrived so we got the sets feature and it's got this other uh functionality too show you here and if you're listening on the audio, you should go check out the video stream because it'll make it a little more apparent. But one of the nice things about sets, and this is going to be super helpful, is that if you open back up a previous document that had a set created, if you see here, you can restore all the other tabs that were part of that group. Uh, it, it's great. And so I am very pumped about this. So, you know, those are some quick things. We got search. We got this photo app. We got sets. We got game bar updates. We got fluent design quite literally everywhere. So much. I made a joke on Twitter. Uh, Microsoft also announced this week that they're basically leveling their campus and rebuilding it over the next seven years. And I joked that they're getting window, rid of Windows Arrow and now making uh, the campus Windows fluent. But if you miss that, Microsoft is quite literally knocking down their old X-shaped buildings, which are awful. If you've ever been up to the Redmond campus, you know how bad they are. And so they are, over the next seven years, going to completely overhaul the campus, which they kind of have to do because Apple's done it. Um, I believe Google is doing it as well. And so they kind of needed to do this to stay to stay on top of the competition and make people want to come actually work at Microsoft uh, because of their nice fancy new uh, buildings and all that stuff. So uh, as I talked about with the set stuff, Microsoft, my, there's something weird going on and I, I can't quite figure it out. So this week, Microsoft announced sets, but they also announced that it's coming to a small subset of Windows Insider. So it's not coming to everybody. And I, yeah, it, it's called a controlled study, which they were saying AB, you know, debate where people are debating, is this truly AB or whatever? That doesn't matter. Who cares? Um, the bigger thing here is that they're using a subset to test this stuff when people who signed up the insider program specifically signed up to want to test this stuff. And it's like, okay, so some people aren't happy because they don't have sets and other people do, um, whatever. Okay. So you've got that, but why didn't they use like the skip ahead ring? Remember they had that for a little while. I, I that was one of the weirdest things Microsoft has done. They created the skip ahead thing. They never used it. Then they kind of shut it down. Then you had to jump around rings. So it's, You've got that going on. You've got this random thing. But what was weird is that this was announced, uh, came in an email from Terry Meyerson. 
like it wasn't if it initially was not on a blog um they said here comes sets it's coming in an email from terry like why wasn't this announced from the insider group why did this come from the top maybe this was something that microsoft decided but i don't understand why they need to do this in a controlled way the controlled way is the insider group it's a control group um i don't know there's something missing from this story that doesn't make sense because everybody wants to test this stuff why not let them they're going to get more feedback it's not some like crazy thing that's a piece of hardware that costs them more money to right it's not like they're sending out surface book twos 15 inch devices to everybody who wants to test this functionality anybody can test it now if there's limitations that you need certain type of hardware right now um yeah uh (laughs) I, I don't know. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe there's certain things. And as Thomas corrects me, yes, the insiders is not a control group. I know I misspoke um, in, in proper layman terms. That it's not a control group. It's whatever. But uh, the insider group is a group of people who want to test things. The, I, I can't see what the benefit of not like, are they going to test productivity scenarios where people don't have sets and people who do have sets and like to see who's more productive? That's not working. That's not going to work because the, like the people don't have sets. Like you don't have a baseline here. I don't know. Um, and if that is their argument, that's like, Hey, we don't have a baseline for a certain scenario. Well, you could literally do that on any version of windows. Just tell people to do it on a baseline and then do it with, I don't know something. I'm, my point here is that something seems off about this communication. That the fact that the email came from Terry and not from like Donna, uh, the fact that it wasn't really a blog post for a while. Um, and then the fact that they're doing this control group. So I'm, I'm trying to wait and see, like, what's the narrative here? There's something more going on to this and they're not telling us. And, um, if anybody has any clue, I would absolutely love to know. I would love to know why I really would. I really would because it doesn't make sense. Um, it is kind of the point. I know I've said that about 15 times, but I'm trying to think here out loud. Why would they want a small group of only insiders to be test a tabbed feature? If it's really buggy, that's fine. Like that's what insiders are signed up for. They know it's going to be buggy. They know it's going to be whatever. Um, but there, there's got to be some incompatibility or some reason. There's got to be some reason for this. Uh, so anyways, uh, if you're really bummed out about that, I, Raphael is like hell bent on figuring out how to enable this for everybody. So hopefully it's just a thing in the registry, which is typically how this works. And you just got to find the right toggle switch to turn it on. And then hopefully everybody can get it at that point. And then, um, yeah, uh, before we dive into the questions right before the show started, Charles asked a question about a surface book. He says, Hey Brad, uh, I have an off topic, although it really is on topic. He says, I have a, I have, a, I have the Surface Book 2 13-inch dual GPU 256, about 2,000 bucks, and looking to save a few bucks and downgrading to the S uh, Surface Book 1 i5 256 gigabyte with performance space. I don't game or anything intensive. What do you think? Uh, the 256 i5 dual GPU Surface Book 1 is 1,000 bucks on Amazon right now. So that's a pretty good value. Here's, here's the thing you need to be aware of. The hinge design on the fir- first gen the connection is a little buggy, even this late in the game. I granted, I used the Surface Book One performance base for a year, for just about a year, and it was fine. Like as a daily machine, it's fine, but that hinge is more buggy than the Surface Book Two. And what I mean is, like when you're trying to detach it and all that stuff, it it takes a little longer. It doesn't always work. Uh, the screen is a little bit more wobbly. Is that one a bad machine? Absolutely not. It's fine. 
Uh, I guarantee you could buy that one and be happy with it. Just know that you're running, you're buying a last gen machine. Just be aware of that. Um, the graphics is not going to be as good. The battery life is not as good. Uh, no USB type C, but that's for most people isn't a big deal. The battery life, battery life, I think I already said that isn't as great. Um, but at the end of the day, if it's quite literally a thousand bucks less, um, you can do a lot of fun things with a thousand bucks. A lot of fun things. You could, you could buy me an Xbox one X, which I still don't have. Um, and one for yourself for that matter. So the question is, would I personally do it? So here's, here's my honest response. Would I personally do it? No. The reason being is that I video edit, like we're going to Hawaii next week. I'm going to be recording video and, uh, video editing performance is a big deal. And on the performance base, it does struggle a bit, uh, at 10, even at 1080p. And so for me, the 15 inch with that better graphics card is the better option. Here's the thing though. If you truly don't need a better graphics card at this point, you might even look at just getting a super high end surface laptop. I would, I would throw that in there as well for 1200 bucks. You can get a current gen machine. I believe it's current gen. Actually, I may, might not be. Um, because when you go back to the surface book one, you're only getting a dual core chip. Remember the big difference in raw performance is that you get a quad core chip on the I seven versions uh, and did you say, I can't remember if you said you were buying, da, 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 you didn't say, you didn't list the processor. Uh, but if it is 2000 bucks, that is, I believe the i7 model because the 1499 is the dual core. So, you know, it's a performance thing across the board. You're going to get lower CPU performance, lower GPU performance, um, a little bit less battery life. So if those things don't truly matter and you're just looking to get a laptop, yeah, I, I think you're going to be happy with it. I use it for a year. It's not a bad machine. It's just that the next gen is a pretty, just know that the next gen is a pretty large freaking jump in terms of performance over that one. So just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Um, all right, let's dive into the questions because some good stuff this week. Let me refresh the question tab here. Da, 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 da. All right. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, HRLN GRV says going forward, is Microsoft going to update edge for iOS and Android more frequently than edge for windows, or is Microsoft going to try and build a user base around those OS's features? So here's my thing. I think so, uh, they can absolutely update edge for iOS and Android faster than they can for the, the PC. And that sounds counterintuitive, but think of it this way. Microsoft isn't building the edge. Uh, rendering engine on iOS and Android. They're using the OS version. So all they have to do is just update the UI and features. There's no underlying components. And so can they do it faster? Absolutely. Will they do it faster? I don't know. Um, right now it's pretty good. They finally got uh, password sync. So the main stuff is there. I expect them to add some new features soon because that is likely how they're going to drive a lot of growth. Um, they're even put out some advertisements for some of this stuff. And so, um, don't be surprised if they do update a little bit faster because you remember edge updates are primarily tied to windows, uh, OS version updates. So they're going to come twice a year is pretty much what you're going to get with edge on the desktop as where iOS and Android can be updated honestly at any time. So, uh, this is an interesting question. Actually, it was a very good observation. So I can't, uh, you people with your usernames, I swear to God, I swear you guys make them very tough. So I can't pronounce them. Uh, a meta I, I don't know. A meta. We're going to call you a meta. Uh, will task view multiple desktop options be replaced by sets feature? Because I can't see the new desktop icon in the task view concept. So what he's talking about here, and this was a, a pretty good observation. 
So if you look down here at this image along the taskbar, you'll notice that virtual desktops are gone. They are gone. And so he's, his questions basically is sets going to replace that? I don't know. I can't imagine that they would remove functionality like that. And maybe this individual user just turns them off. I don't personally use virtual desktops. I know some people do, but they, that's just not my cup of tea. I, I don't need them. I have a triple monitor desktop that I'm on right now and the laptop. Uh, I, I just, I all tab my way through life. Um, yeah. Basically, he's saying, I don't want to lose virtual desktops as they go away. This is a very good question. And we don't know because nobody has sets at this point. And so maybe that's why they're doing a small group testing. I can't imagine that being it. But there you go. Uh, virtual desktops not showing up there. But I wouldn't go out there and un unequivocally say that uh, they are gone forever. But this specific, let me see about the other one on the restore. Yeah, so it's the same. I don't know. Is it the same user? They've got a different wallpaper. So what about, uh, but it looks like the same people on the taskbar. I don't know. It might, these might just be mockups. I can't remember from the video. Actually, I don't think they are, but, uh, yeah, you can see the task view is gone. Uh, hope not. Uh, next question comes from X, X Apache says, this is more of a general of have you heard question, but my surface book was suddenly showing more light bleed upon, uh, boot up than normal upon further inspection. There's definitely a bulge in the screen. I can feel it and see it. Uh-oh, uh-oh. So have you heard uh, if the original Surface Book, mine is two years old, have been suffering? So yes, I have heard this issue before and I'd absolutely recommend contacting Microsoft. I can't promise that they are going to do anything, um, but they they are your best bet. I, it's not going to hurt to call them because a bulge, a bulge is a, a very big and serious problem. This means you're having issues with the battery is what is more than likely causing that. That lithium ion battery is actually physically expanding. I'm not on the right camera. Uh, it's, it's physically expanding and that's what's causing the bulge. I would call them right away and I'd be very concerned and I would be very cautious about using it um, as well. Be very careful about charging that. Absolutely call them, please. Uh, Luke says, do you think the Windows Insider uh, change up with the AB lottery of new features is a good thing or a bad thing? I hit this pretty hard in the, the normal podcast. I think it's a bad thing personally. Um, I don't like it. And I know it's like, if I get this feature and others don't, I won't care, but I, you know, people want to try this stuff. They want to play with it. That's why they signed up for the insider program. It's Microsoft's choice at the end of the day, they can do whatever they want, but, um, you know, keep the message consistent and, and concise and clear. And this one seems a little, uh, ambiguous for my liking. Peter K says, can we expect any Windows and ARM announcements next week? Online, we have seen some benchmarks saying that ARM is not as good as they were promising. Uh, any news on Andromeda? So no, nothing new on Andromeda than what I haven't covered in past events. Um, and says, do you think we'll hear anything next week at the Qualcomm event? I can guarantee you that if we hear anything next week at the Qualcomm event, uh, I will be one of the first to have it, um, at least in some capacity. I mean, I'll, I'll physically be there and be able to talk to these people. So... I'm hoping, you know what, this is, this is the cross your fingers event that we're hoping we're going to see some of this stuff, maybe get some hands on time. I, yeah, we'll find out. We will find out. So, and then JLV uh, 62 or 32, 632, if I could count correctly, it says, didn't Microsoft promise iTunes would be coming to the Windows store this year, or was it simply coming soon? I believe it was this year. So that's another thing I forgot to mention in the kickoff that, uh, yeah, we've got that coming too. Not that I imagine too many people are really ready or wanting that, but yeah. If they missed this year, reckon the day would come. It could come down to iTunes replacing Groove and Music. I, 
yeah, we, we've talked about that quite a bit. And so that might be one of the uh, the missing components of the Windows Store, the story we, about what's happening with um, music or the video service that Microsoft offers, but we don't quite know yet. So iTunes is coming at some point, but we have not heard a murmur about it, and nobody's been able to dig up any uh, assets through Windows Store scraping, which is where a lot of this stuff comes from. So it's not in there yet, and hopefully they'll be testing it soon. But um, yeah, they've got, what, 20, 30 days? There's 31 in December, I believe. Uh, iTunes. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, uh, guys, as I noted about 17,246 times during this podcast, I am traveling next week. I'm leaving on Sunday and I will be back the following Sunday. I'm heading to a place I've never been. Uh, it's very far away from actually here. It's, I got a 45 minute flight to Atlanta, a 10 hour flight from Atlanta to Hawaii and then from Hawaii to Maui, it's like a 40-minute flight. I'm going to be wrecked. My wife is coming with me. My kid is not. This is going to be interesting. The kid is staying with the grandparents. And, um, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So, uh, I'm not sure what the podcast situation is going to be next week. It definitely won't be live because I think where we're going is five to six hours behind. And so, there's no way, like, it would be in the middle of the night right now. I think it's like 4 a.m. there. So, uh, podcast, if I do one next week, which I hope to do, will not be live. There's, there's just no way. And if it is live, it's not at this time. And so, all good stuff, guys. Um, as always, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Very much appreciate it. And we'll catch you right back here next time on The Sam's Report.